Welcome back to It's Not Normal, the podcast, episode nine. Today, I'm going to be talking about my first no-contact Christmas. So first, I guess, happy holidays to everyone this holiday season. Um, Christmas just passed. It was earlier this week. And this was the first holiday season, um, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and Christmas that came and went for me without any contact from my parents. And so today, I just wanted to take some time to talk about what it was like, how I was feeling, how I managed those maybe more negative emotions that did come up, and what my plans are for the future in terms of how to make these holidays, uh, these more traditional days out of the year, a bit more joyful or to kind of come and go without any anxiety or wondering, you know, if I'm going to hear from my parents or not, letting go of a lot of those expectations. So I just kind of wanted to get into what this holiday season in general and what this Christmas was like for me. And so I guess I just want to start off by talking briefly about Brandon and I and the way that we live our lives. Brandon and I don't really live a very conventional life. Um, our approach to life is not that traditional, I would say. And this was something that he and I recognized in one another fairly quickly. Um, leaving that conversation the day that we met, I think you could have asked us and we would have said the same thing uh, as I'm saying now. And what I mean by that is we we don't relegate gifts or meaning to a handful of days throughout the year because of the name of the day or the date on the calendar. And this applies to, you know, holidays or weekends or anniversaries, whatever it might be. Um, no one day to us is any more special necessarily than the next. And, you know, this was evident early on in the early stages of our relationship. We moved in together and started living together four months after we first met. Um, six months after meeting, we took our first cross-country road trip in a Nissan Sentra, which, for those of you who don't know, is the smallest of the Nissans. Um, it was evident in our business when we started our woodworking business back in 2019. From the day that we signed the lease for our studio, it became our home away from home. We were literally only home to eat and to sleep. We spent weekends and birthdays and holidays in the studio because we wanted to. And I think that's such a big part of our shared ideology is we feel that it's our duty as people to dedicate as much time and energy as we want to the things that we're passionate about. And what happens when you do that, we've found, is that you don't feel much of a need to take days off. And so I think that's why, you know, a lot of these more traditional days off or holidays or whatever it might be just kind of came and went and we were at the studio voluntarily all day because we wanted to be there. And so it's, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself, okay, what do I want to do? If you're dedicating your life to something that you're passionate about, that you want to learn more about and get better at, that's your answer. That's what it was for us anyway. It's like, I want to go to the studio and I want to work on this project that we're working on, or I want to try this new thing and get better at it. And so for us, you know, there really wasn't much of a need for days off. 
And it was almost like when we did have to take days off or kind of spend time away from the studio, that was all that we were thinking about. And I think that's a, a personal goal of ours that we've held since we've met, and I'm sure one that we'll continue to hold for a very long time, probably the rest of our lives, because I love approaching life that way. I never wanted to separate my work life from my personal life. I wanted those things to be as closely intertwined as they could possibly be. And, and Brandon shares that way of thinking. So that was evident in our business and, and even still, you know, in, in a romantic sense, um, anniversaries or dinners or, you know, birthdays, whatever it might be, these more traditional celebrations that typically you wait for one day to go out to dinner or to buy flowers or to do this nice, meaningful, thoughtful thing. Um, the meaning for us, I think, is much less attached to the day uh, than just to the relationship as a whole, because, you know, the relationship never stops. And so why wait for a handful of days throughout the year to do these really kind, thoughtful gestures for your partner? That being said, we are prompted, you know, at times to engage in more traditional celebrations or you know, maybe going out with friends who work Monday through Friday um, and, you know, we want to do something together. So naturally, we'll plan that for a weekend for when they're available or a holiday. It is nice to recognize, you know, a handful of these days throughout the year where everyone is available and able to make that extra effort to get together. Um, and it's nice to just kind of make a point sometimes when everyone's around to get together and to do these really kind and thoughtful things with each other, for each other. And so whenever we are kind of prompted to take part in a bit more of a conventional celebration, I guess, uh, we're always happy to do so because we're happy to be around people that we love and care about. When I was growing up, um, I had a fair share of family traditions that you know my family and I took part in everything from having pizza on Friday nights to setting up Christmas decorations and having our extended family over for dinner on Christmas Eve and when I was you know younger these traditions or I guess these get-togethers were a lot larger in scale I'm amongst the youngest three of over a dozen grandkids and so the biggest that these holidays ever were were when I was younger and all of my older cousins were still kind of in their teens or maybe even their early 20s. They hadn't kind of branched out and had their own families yet. And so some of these holidays were kind of a bigger deal. And I remember having a lot of people in the house. Um, my parents typically hosted. And so our house was kind of like the gathering point for everyone, which was always a lot of fun for me, you know, to feel like I have all of my family coming over. And, you know, growing up, I was a bit of an attached kid to begin with. You know, I, I was attached to people. I was attached to traditions. I remember being so upset if my parents started to put the Christmas decorations up while I was at school or without me because, you know, for so long, I think I was taught to really value these things, you know, that these were important family traditions and it was stressed that, you know, we should do these things together and everyone should be around to kind of take part in it because this is something that we do kind of as a unit. There's value here. There's meaning here. And so that idea, I think, was kind of reiterated throughout my childhood. And it's something that's easy to pick up on because, you know, things like setting up a Christmas tree or stringing lights outside 
those things always seemed really fun to me. You know, the activity itself was fun. And we've got music playing and, you know, my siblings are here. My parents are here. It was a fun activity. And so I think it kind of came naturally to me, especially as a child, to kind of place some meaning on these things, you know. And so I wanted to be around and I wanted to be a part of them. I think also growing up in a narcissistic house, I existed for a majority of my time living there mainly as an extension of my parents. And so if this, you know, decorating the Christmas tree or or hosting dinner on Christmas Eve, if these traditions held a lot of importance to my parents, I think subsequently they held a lot of importance to me because of my relationship to my parents kind of existing as an extension of them. I took on a lot of their emotions and opinions and feelings as my own, you know, and so if this was a big deal to them and it was something that they were looking forward to, I think it came really easily for me to kind of share in a lot of those emotions and those feelings. And I think maybe the last reason that these traditions growing up, these family traditions were always so important to me was because You know, growing up with a narcissistic parent, especially when you've got a narcissistic parent and an enabling parent, there's this obsession with the image, right? The image that's portrayed of their family to everyone else, extended family, people on social media, friends at work, whatever it might be. And so if on these holidays, you know, where all of our extended family is kind of coming together, you kind of get a glimpse into what this really big, cohesive, happy family unit looks like, right? Because everyone is putting their best foot forward. We're not talking about any of the negative things, right? There aren't really any bad emotions when people outside of the immediate family are present. And so I think that's also kind of a really natural connection to make as a kid you know, it's like, wow, well, like these times, like my parents are pretty happy, right? Everyone's like on their best behavior. We're having a lot of fun. There's good food. We're exchanging gifts, you know, like whatever it might be. My parents are doing things like maybe they don't typically do. And again, I think it's to kind of maintain this image and to portray this, this dynamic that maybe doesn't really exist behind the scenes. And so for all of those reasons, I think a lot of the the family traditions that I grew up around, I valued them very, very highly in my own life. Um, definitely looked forward to them. And I think that kind of translated as I got older to this sort of idealized vision or, or I guess idea of what my life would look like moving forward, you know, as I moved into adulthood, as I got older. And what my parents' role would be in that, you know, and and I touched on it earlier, but being one of the youngest of over a dozen grandkids, you know, the biggest holidays were when I was younger. And as I started to get older, where I could really kind of participate, you know, I'm not sitting at the kids' table anymore, it started to get a little bit smaller. You know, we started to scale down a bit as my older cousins got married they had their own kids, you know, and so naturally they're going to start kind of forming their own family traditions and maybe not making the trip to come, you know, to my parents' house. And it makes sense, you know, and, and I think that 
bit of scaling down was already a bit of an adjustment, you know, for me, because I was like, mm, okay, like this is kind of different than I remember it. You know, this is like a new chapter or a new phase. And, you know, I remember thinking in those times, I was probably like in my teens when this was happening, like mid to late teens. I was like, you know, when I meet someone, you know, and I get married, even when my siblings meet people and they get married, you know, we can kind of, it'll be my immediate family and my partner's immediate family. And that is when we'll kind of scale things back up again, you know? And I was really, I always looked forward to that because I wanted to involve my partner in these family traditions that I always held so dear to me. And I also thought that, you know, what a great way to kind of have more people over again, you know, and to kind of make the holidays this bigger event like it used to be, you know, and I've got my parents and my partner's parents and maybe my partner's siblings or grandparents, whatever it might be. Now, you know, all of these new relationships can start to form, right? There's a new dynamic. And I remember feeling like I can't wait to bring that to my family, you know, to kind of enter into this new chapter. And I, I was always really excited, I guess, for what that day would look like, you know. And the first thing that kind of comes to mind, I guess, in terms of a real life experience with this was when Brandon and I met, we met in November. And my favorite holiday for the longest time was St. Patrick's Day. I'm Irish, and it was always a big deal in my house. Um, the city where I live, there's a St. Patrick's Day parade every year. And when I was younger in elementary school, you know, I was a cheerleader, and I was on the basketball team, and so I always marched in the parade, you know, and I remember going by, and I would see all of my family. I mean, this was like the open-door policy day in my parents' house where there were 40 to 60 people in and out in the house on the porch in the backyard at any given time and for the size of the house I mean it was probably borderline a fire hazard at one point or another but there was so much life and energy and everyone was so festive and again like those memories of walking by my family when I was marching in the parade and they would all wait and point out and say oh there's Casey you know and I would wave to them and you know it was always such a fun day for me and my grandma who I absolutely adored and she passed away recently um, earlier this year she was Irish also and that was her favorite holiday and so I think there was kind of like this added layer of I can't think of another word besides specialness <laughs> to this day because it was so important to her and it was one of those days where extended family you know people that you did not see any other day throughout the year they came on St. Patrick's Day, you know, for my grandma. And so it was always such a wonderful tradition. And so Brandon and I met in November. And I remember being like, as soon as I knew, like, okay, we're in this for a while, you know, like, this is something special here. I remember thinking, I am so excited to experience my favorite holiday, like my favorite day of the year with this new boy that I love, that I am absolutely head over heels for. And I, I want to introduce him to this family tradition of mine. I want to introduce him to all of the people that come to my parents' house on this day that he otherwise would probably never meet. And I was just so looking forward to experiencing this thing that I had thought about and kind of imagined in my mind for so many years at that point. You know, Brandon and I met when I was 21. So... 
right around uh, St. Patrick's Day, a day or so before, my parents and I get into an argument, something about mine and Brandon's relationship, and it was a pretty, pretty bad one. And so I remember coming to Brandon's house, and I stayed here for the night, and that day, you know, my parents and I were going back and forth, and basically, they said, listen, you know, if you don't come home, you're not going to be able to come here for St. Patrick's Day. And that was such a blow to me because, one, I never thought that they would use something as meaningful as that, you know, knowing the place that that held for me, like in my heart, I never thought that they would use that as a means of manipulating me or controlling me, you know, getting me to do something that they wanted me to do. And and I think that was really upsetting for me. And also now it's like, you have no idea what I've built this up to be in my head, like how excited I am about this. And you've already sort of tainted the experience now because it's not like I'm bringing Brandon home for the first time to celebrate. And Brandon's Irish too. His family's Irish too. So it was like even better. And, you know, I'm not going to be bringing him home now to meet all of my family and have this really like warm, welcoming energy. You know, there's tension here. You know, this is a relationship that you've tried to sabotage countless times now. And so it doesn't feel welcome. And this isn't what I envisioned it to be through no fault of my own. And so that was kind of the first big holiday tradition that I remember having to adjust even while I was living at home with my parents. And, you know, even throughout that, I guess I maintained a certain expectation of, you know, like when I was younger envisioning, okay, when I grow up, you know, and I'm an adult and I have my own house, like I think I'm going to be the one out of my siblings to host the holidays, right? Because I love decorating. I love designing. I think about what I want my future house to look like one day. And I always just felt like I could really create a fun and warm and welcoming environment for everyone to kind of come and share a meal and we'll play games and we'll watch movies. Like I wanted to create this really wonderful environment for friends and family alike to kind of gather. And just thinking about that throughout my childhood when the holidays would come up and then kind of maintaining that into my later teen years and, you know, early adulthood thinking that, okay, maybe this is still a possibility And then coming to the realization that that might not be the case, you know, and it might not even be close to that was definitely a harder pill to swallow for me. And I don't necessarily think there was one moment in particular where I was like, okay, like this vision that I have had probably not going to come to fruition. I think it was more of a gradual realization, kind of like, okay, well, this came and went and it wasn't really the way that I thought it was going to be. You know, maybe it was a birthday of mine that kind of just came and went with just a text message, you know, or or a wedding or an announcement of an engagement that kind of came and went with no celebration. And so when these things happen and you encounter these different situations and you start to observe what's going on around it, you know, are these happy feelings? Or are these sad feelings? Is there any effort being put in to kind of celebrate this, you know, or to get together and to get to know one another to kind of further this bond? And when the answer to those things is always no, then you have to kind of start redefining what your expectations are 
of the role that your parents were would play in your life, I guess, moving forward of what that's going to be. And, you know, this, it makes me think of my wedding just a bit. And again, you know, Brandon and I didn't do anything traditional for our wedding either. Um, but you expect certain things, maybe, you know, like a toast from both of your parents, um, maybe just like a handshake, welcome to the family, to your partner, whatever it might be, just these I imagined the relationship between my partner and my parents, you know, and I think that would have kind of informed what we did moving forward in terms of holidays or birthdays or celebrations in general. You know, if that's a strong, healthy bond, then obviously everyone's going to be included and they're going to want to be included because they're going to feel comfortable around everyone and they're going to want to be a part of these things. And so for me, I've had to let go of the idea of, you know, one day hosting these big family holidays, kind of taking that responsibility from my mom as she got older and kind of shouldering that myself. And I, I was always excited to do that, but I was able to kind of recognize, I guess, the situation that I was in and slowly but surely just start to let that image go. And, you know, you don't think about these things too often on the day to day. At least I don't. I think, um, you know, there are a lot of other things that require my attention and it's not beneficial to me to kind of dwell on these more negative parts of my life. But things like the holidays do kind of prompt you to think about these things because things are happening around you. You know, it's kind of inevitable. Maybe friends that you would typically hang out with are not around because they're visiting family. And when you go on Facebook and you see your friend's parents posting about, you know, oh, this big holiday celebration and all these traditions that we're doing every year, you know, that for me, on I guess a bit of a side note, I've never compared myself or my life to anyone else's that I've seen on social media, except for parents posting about their kids I think that's the only thing that sometimes like sits with me or like makes me feel some type of way when I see it on social media because I'm I'm genuinely happy when I see relationships between parents and their adult children that and you know I don't know what's going on behind the scenes it could very well be a similar situation where they're trying to keep up this image right and they're posting this photo with everybody smiling wearing matching PJs on Christmas morning and it could be the complete opposite behind the scenes I am well aware of that but you know I also do think that relationships on the other end of the spectrum completely exist you know where kids adult children are happy to go home for the holidays their parents are happy to host them and their partners their friends their significant others whoever it might be and you know it's just a warm welcoming kind of judgment-free environment and so I guess that's the only time that social media really does that for me where I feel like I'm driven to the point of of comparison in even just the slightest little way and I do try to resist it but sometimes I can't help myself and so you know, things like that, social media, maybe friends not being around or just, you know, the people that are in your circle kind of taking part in these more traditional, you know, holiday celebrations or get togethers. It's a little bit harder to ignore than on your average day when people are just kind of going about doing their own thing. Um, and so that can kind of prompt you to think about what your life was like when you were growing up. You know, what are the traditions that you miss? Uh, what are the things that you thought you would always be a part of or or what your life would look like now, especially in terms of the involvement of your immediate family in what you're doing on these days? Um, I guess you're just prompted to think about it 
a little bit more because it's happening all around you or it can feel that way at the very least. And so I think times of year like this, you know, the holidays in general, I think, especially towards the end of the year when you've got Thanksgiving and Christmas or whatever holiday you do celebrate in these months, um, even New Year's, there's a lot of sadness that can kind of go along with these typically more joyful occasions. Um, You can feel a bit more isolated. And I do think that there's a certain level of guilt that kind of comes into play, especially when you grow up in an emotionally unskilled family or with a narcissistic parent where for so long your opinions were so influenced by those of your parents And so you kind of grow up with this idea of, you know, this is what I should be doing or this is what I should want to do. You know, thinking like I should want to involve my parents or have them present for these celebrations. You know, they should be a part of this. And when you grow up thinking that and really like holding that idea true to you for so long and then you grow up and you're an adult and you're not involving those people or you're not doing the things that you always thought or felt that you should be doing. I think there is a certain level of guilt that comes into play. And, you know, for me, this year, I guess just reflecting on this actual holiday, um, Christmas Eve was typically the day that my parents hosted dinner with my extended family. And so that was kind of like the more festive of the two days. That was the day that we like prepared for, that I looked forward to a bit more than even Christmas Day itself. And so this Christmas Eve... um, It was just kind of like another day. And I think that is in line with the way that Brandon and I live our lives most days, you know, where these days can come and go and we're going to wake up and choose to do the things that we want to do, even if that is, you know, work or something a bit more productive. Um, And that's what we did. You know, I woke up and I worked for a while. I played with my dogs. Um, But then towards the end of the night, you know, I kind of realized like, okay, it's almost Christmas. Christmas Eve is almost over. And it did just kind of feel like another day, you know, and that, that didn't sit incredibly well with me. I was okay with it, but I did feel sad because I I think I was just lacking that festive energy. You know, there wasn't really any excitement or, or, thrill there you know I think sometimes being around a lot of people you know there's a lot of noise there's a lot of movement and so even if you're not entirely enjoying yourself or whatever it might be there's a certain energy level that's present you know around these days and I think not having that was just such a departure from what I had grown used to and what I had always expected that it was just like wow you know this is way different than I guess what I thought I would be doing on Christmas Eve when I'm 26 years old. You know I guess to build off of that a little bit too I think one of the biggest misconceptions that narcissistic parents or emotionally unskilled parents in general have is or I guess about their their child who maybe has gone no contact or low contact is that you know they're making this decision And they're thrilled about it. You know, like they're, it's like, I don't need you and your family traditions. You know what I mean? I'm better off without you. And like, I'm happy to not be a part of, of your traditions anymore. Your celebrations, like I'm better off on my own. And while, you know, there is truth to that where 
I am better off on my own. You know, this is the best decision for my mental health. It's not something that I did because I wanted to. I feel like my decision to go no contact with my parents was strictly made out of necessity, where I felt I was doing myself a disservice to continue to pretend to be fine around people who whose behavior is the root of some of the most challenging issues that I face in my daily life for their benefit. You know, at the very least, I want to be open about the things that I'm having a hard time with and feel comfortable enough to have that conversation, you know, to have like an open and honest dialogue. And if I can't even get that, then what am I gaining from this relationship? It's doing nothing but draining my mental energy. And so I didn't make that decision to kind of spite my parents or to make them feel bad. Making that decision didn't feel good. It was upsetting. And it was sad because it's like we've come to this point in the road now where I can't go any further. You know, like we have hit a dead end and I have to make a decision about what I'm going to do because clearly you're not going to help me kind of continue forward. And I don't know if they think about their kids who have gotten no contact on holidays or, you know, during celebrations if they do, I don't know if it's, oh, they're probably having so much fun without me. They're probably so happy to be here. But I really don't think that they think, wow, like they're probably really upset right now that their life looks so much different, you know? And like, what are they doing? Are they having fun? Are, are they sad that we're not there for them? And I feel like those are the feelings that are typically held by children of, narcissistic parents or emotionally unskilled parents who have gone no or low contact, especially around the holidays, you know, and if you did grow up in that kind of environment, chances are, I mean, maybe not entirely, but there is a possibility that you were a more attached kid, right? That all of these things that you were taught and conditioned to believe to, to hold so much value and meaning actually started to do that over time, you know, and, and losing those things can be so difficult. And, you know, when these these holidays and these celebrations do come around, you know, you're prompted time and time again to just let go of that vision. You know, you kind of for me, at least it pops up, not consciously, but I'm aware of it. I'm aware of the differences in my life now than what I had envisioned when I was a kid, you know. And so you have to let that go all while kind of allowing yourself to feel that sadness and that grief, right? You're kind of like mourning for these lost relationships that these people are still here, you know? It's it's different than mourning the loss of, you know, like my grandma who is no longer here where, you know, obviously that relationship came to an end in a physical sense. Um, but when I have people in my life who are still physically here, but the relationship is non-existent, it's a different kind of grief, you know, because it almost feels voluntary. It's like my relationship to them is not as important as I thought it was, you know? It's the issue at hand or this difficult conversation is too big for them to face, even at the expense of us spending holidays together. And so you you have to kind of sit with that grief for a while and process it before you allow yourself to move on, or I guess before you feel comfortable moving on. And so I think it's important to let yourself feel these more negative emotions around this time of year, but to not dwell on them, 
because dwelling on them, it's not going to change your situation and it's not going to make it any better. And so don't allow those more negative emotions to dictate these otherwise joyful days, you know? And, and I think that is, is true throughout the healing journey in general is sitting with the discomfort, sitting with these more negative emotions and acknowledging that they're there, but not allowing them to dictate your life or your decisions moving forward. And there's, you know, that takes strength, like some serious strength to be able to do that. But, you know, I think what we do on these holidays is kind of reminiscent of the healing journey in and of itself. So much of it for me has been leaning into that independence, that autonomy that was kind of frowned upon when I was growing up, when I was living with my narcissistic parent. And, you know, just asking myself in so many aspects of my life, who do I want to be? What do I want to do? You know, what things are important to me? And so I think we can apply this same way of thinking to holidays and to family traditions, right? What are my favorite Christmas movies? I'm going to watch those every year. What Christmas music do I want to listen to if it's Christmas music at all? What's my favorite kind of cookie? Like, I'm going to bake those cookies on Christmas Eve. You know, you can apply this ideology, I guess, to traditions and kind of start to redefine what those are for you in your life. And you can center them around the things that you like most. And that, I think, once you kind of get to that point, it's kind of refreshing and it's kind of freeing. You know, even maybe think about the things that you had to do on the holidays when you were, you know, with your family or your narcissistic parent or whatever it might be. Any of the things that I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but it's Christmas Eve and we always do it. So I'm going to do it. You don't have to do that anymore. You know, wear whatever you want to wear, watch whatever you want to watch, hang out with whoever you want to hang out with, you know, and it makes me think of a conversation that I had with my senior year photography teacher um, who was just such a great person to be around. And I really loved having conversations with him um, because I admired his, uh, his approach to life. Um, and we kind of, we were just talking about what the best approach to life is, right? How should you wake up and view each day from what perspective? And we both agreed that the best way to approach life is as an optimist who is based in reality. And that to me encompasses everything, right? Where I am an optimist in the sense that I will always have hope for things to get better and for things to go my way, whatever that might mean. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that even if things don't go the way that I had planned, right? Maybe I thought that I really wanted to take this one path, right? But something happens and now I'm taking this other one. I'm enough of an optimist to say, you know what, maybe that first one wasn't meant to be. Maybe I'm meant to be over here and I can accept that. You know, I'm going to look for the positive in this and maybe one day I'll see the reasoning behind that. But you also have to be enough of a realist to be honest with yourself about your situation. You know, if we're talking strictly optimism, just optimistic to a fault, that to me looks like texting calling my parents every holiday, trying to get invited, trying to reconcile things, even though there's no healthy communication there. Or me waking up on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve thinking, expecting a call or a message from my parents, maybe an invitation. 
that you know what one day like things are going to get better and if i call them then you know and i tell them these things then everything is going to go back to the way that it was right and everything is going to be great and fine i think when you're too optimistic you almost it, it lends itself to kind of existing in a, in a state of denial to a certain extent i think because you're not able to understand your situation for what it is and i think that's when the the realism i guess or 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 being based in reality comes into play you have to be able to look at your situation for what it is and to be honest with yourself about what you're facing how you're feeling about it and what are the outcomes here you know what i mean like what can i realistically do or change or make happen in my favor and what are the things that i can't change you know if i try to reach out to my parents time and time again and it is proven to me that listen things aren't going to change unless they change on their end i have to come to terms with the fact and i have to be honest with myself that like listen i've done everything that i can do there's nothing more for me to do at this point i will just be setting myself up for disappointment and so as hard as that can be to reconcile and to accept, right? I have to be based in reality. I have to look at the facts and I have to understand what's happening. All the while remaining optimistic and hopeful, right? That maybe one day things will change and I'm not expecting that today or tomorrow or even next year, right? And if things don't change, maybe it's for the better for me. You know, maybe this was the way that my life is supposed to go and I really can't think too much about it. I can't question it too much because there are things that are out of my control. And if I fixate on trying to control those things to kind of suit this vision that I had when I was a kid growing up, I'm just going to be setting myself up for disappointment and it's going to be exhausting, an exhausting process. And, you know, I think also when it comes to being honest with yourself, with your situation, right, being able to look at it, for me at least anyway, being able to look at my situation, even on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, a bit more objectively, right, take some of the emotion out of it, take these expectations that I had when I was younger out of it. I am able to now step back and really be thankful for the things in my life that are positive, you know, because it's kind of like I've experienced some really low lows. You know, I've been in relationships and environments that were a bit more toxic and not as healthy. And I'm here now. Right. And as sad as it can be to kind of not be in that environment anymore when you didn't know that it was negative or toxic, right? Like this was, when I was in my narcissistic family's house, if you would have asked me what my life was like, I would have said that it was great, more positive than negative. You know, I was naive to a lot of the abuse. And, you know, looking back on that time, it can be really easy to still feel those positive uh, emotions, I guess. And, you know, being honest with myself now about, okay, this is the reality of what was actually going on when I was there, right? I was naive to a lot of that at the time. But looking back, I understand how toxic and unhealthy and emotionally volatile it was a majority of the time. And so although it can be sad to, you know, not be there anymore, to not have this vision come to fruition as an adult, I'm thankful to be where I am, right? Because think about how many people 
have been a part of relationships like that. They've endured a lot of abuse that maybe they've been naive to and they never get out of that. You know, and I think sometimes like how different my life would be if I had never had any of these realizations, if I was still there, you know, existing under that same way of thinking. And, you know, I'm in a different place now and that can be a difficult thing to reconcile, especially if you're lacking those holiday traditions that once meant so much to you. But in the same breath, I'm thankful to be in a different place now because this place is a safer, more supportive, understanding environment, you know. And maybe if I had been aware of everything that was going on when I was younger, actually living in it, maybe this was exactly the kind of holiday that I would have imagined for myself, that I would have envisioned and dreamt of. Just a calm, quiet Christmas Eve with me and my partner and our dogs. We're not doing anything crazy, you know, and I can just do whatever I want to do. There's no expectation. There's no pressure. Maybe I'm living the exact reality that I would have envisioned myself had I not been so naive to what was going on. And I think that's a really interesting thought, you know, and so I think this this year I was thankful for, you know, maybe it's a bit of a smaller circle than I had grown accustomed to when I was younger, but that doesn't make it any less valuable. And so I was very thankful for the people in my life who know me for me, who accept me for me, and who are caring and supportive and thoughtful. And, you know, I was thankful for the freedom and the ability to make my own decisions throughout the day, you know, even the days, Christmas Eve and Christmas. And again, I was really thankful for the self-awareness, you know, and... And I was proud of myself for the strength that I think I carried mentally, emotionally, you know, to be able to to look my situation in the face, to see it for what it is, and then to move accordingly, you know, to allow that really honest version of what's going on around me to inform my decisions moving forward. And so reflecting on this past holiday season, um... I have a bit of a plan for, I think, what I'm going to do next year. And, you know, for any of the days on the calendar that were typically larger, more energetic, more people-filled celebrations, whatever it might be, these days that will prompt me to revisit those expectations, those childhood expectations, I think I'm going to make a point to plan out those days And what I do during those days a little bit more intentionally. And I think it's very similar to, you know, talking about negative behaviors versus positive behaviors and that numbness that you might feel in between where it's like, okay, I've recognized this negative behavior. I'm not going to let myself feel that, but I'm also not really there in terms of the positive behavior. So I'm just kind of in the middle, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice it until it feels normal. I think I'm going to carry that same mentality with me where, okay, on this day, I might be a little bit more upset. Something, some festive energy might be lacking in me on this day. And so who do I want to be around? You know, who can I surround myself that I know always brings my spirits up, who makes me feel good and welcomed and supported and cared about, right? Maybe I'll make a point to be around these people or to involve them in whatever it is that I'm doing, right? 
what is there a, a movie or a show that I really like that's festive for that time of year music that I like to listen to what's my favorite meal what's something that I could cook that's gonna make me happy what's an activity that I can do with my partner whatever it might be I think I might intentionally plan these things out a little bit more than I did this year this year was kind of just like a trial like a go with the flow I guess and even if they don't feel very true or exciting to me in the beginning you know if I said like okay Christmas Eve next year I'm watching Elf if Christmas Eve comes and I'm not really feeling Will Ferrell at the moment I might have to just watch it anyway you know because these things may not come naturally to you first time around you know, maybe even not the second time around. You might just think like, okay, I'm just doing this for the sake of doing it because I said I was and I don't even really want to. But maybe if you put these things into practice a couple of times, they might actually be things that you start to look forward to. And now maybe you can start to assign a little bit of that value or that meaning that you would previously assign to your family traditions with your narcissistic parents. You can assign that to something new in your new life, right? You're redefining family traditions and traditions in general for yourself and once you start to make that transition and kind of shift that value that I think is when it can start to get really fun you know and that I feel like is when it all starts to come full circle because you have these expectations but now they're within your control and so you're not going to be as disappointed maybe as you once were and so you're able to kind of get attached a little bit more to these things in, in a much safer way, you know, because it's like I can watch Elf every Christmas Eve if I want. That is fully within my capabilities and I'm going to make it happen, right? And I think it's just about carrying that positivity, that positive mindset with you. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it. it's like fake it till you make it, I think, to a certain extent, you know what I mean, where you have to like... You have to force yourself to do the more positive things, the things that you know are going to make you feel good or are going to make you even just the slightest bit happier, you know, because for me, practice helps a lot. You know, if I have a, a weird feeling towards something or if I'm uncomfortable about something, the only way that I'm going to actually feel better about it or start to feel comfortable integrating that into my life, maybe doing it again, is through practice. I have to do it. I have to feel it out. And I have to kind of come out the other side realizing like, okay, that wasn't that bad. Everything is fine. You know, this really negative thing that I thought maybe would happen didn't happen. And so this is kind of a safe thing. And maybe I can do it again. And then you do that a few times. And before you know it, you don't have this whole thought process in your head. And it all just comes a bit more naturally. You know, Christmas Eve shows up. Elf is already on the TV. You know what I mean? And you're excited. You've got popcorn made. You've got maple syrup. You've got candy cane, candy corn, and probably some hot chocolate. So, yeah, um, all in all, first holiday season, no contact, not too bad. Some sadness, which, again, is not a bad thing to allow yourself to feel because you don't want to not process those emotions because they will sit there and they'll surface at some point. They don't just go away. But don't dwell you know, don't dwell on the negative, really kind of try to step back and look at your situation objectively and be thankful for the positive parts of your life, you know, the things and the people that make you happy and how far you've come, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back because at the end of the day, the holidays are fun, but the holidays are hard. And 
knowing, I think also that there are so many people in similar situations kind of gives me some peace of mind because I know that there's a community out there who truly understands I am not alone in this. And that's why I wanted to hop on here today and talk about this a little bit more intimately, I guess, with you in a bit of a longer form. Um, because it is, it's important to kind of have this conversation and to acknowledge these feelings, especially this time of year. So with that, I think that is all the time that I've got for this week's episode of It's Not Normal. And I will be back very soon with episode 10. Bye. Bye.